Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to the False Jesus Podcast. What's up? My name is Kent Chevalier, the author of False Jesus. Maybe this is your first time today, so I want to say welcome to you. Glad that you decided to join me as we explore cultural misconceptions about Jesus and Christianity. I started this journey by writing. So I, I wrote all of these different articles and, you know, thinking about maybe one day writing a book about these things. But then I had this thought, man, I actually like listening to podcasts instead of reading a physical book these days. And so I thought to myself, why don't I turn this into the False Jesus podcast and actually read what it is that I've been writing. And so today, man, I'm excited in the eighth episode of False Jesus to explore with you this idea of judgmental hypocrisy that is in the church today. And I think we need to talk about this. And so I wrote a long piece about it. So man, settle in as we discuss what does it mean to be the hypocritical judge? Are we not supposed to judge? Are, are the, do we just throw out Christianity altogether because people are hypocritical judges? Let's have a great conversation about it today. One of the giant complaints about Christianity and followers of Jesus is that the church is full of hypocrites, people who do not practice what they preach or live contrary to what they say they believe. And unfortunately, there's a ton of evidence to back this up, from celebrity preachers having huge moral failures to everyday parents displaying behavior that teaches their kids to do as I say, not as I do. Now, my personal journey to hypocrisy started as I grew up in a Christian home. My parents took me to church every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night, vacation Bible schools, sometimes at multiple churches throughout the summer. My parents sent me to church camps every summer. I was that church kid. And I have so many wonderful memories from being in Christian community, but this is also where I witnessed and learned a lot of hypocritical behavior. The things that I overheard and witnessed as a little boy from the men in my church would absolutely shock you. Maybe they didn't know I was there, or maybe they didn't think I was listening, but maybe they didn't think I could understand the adult things that they were talking about in the church foyer. But here's what I heard. Gossip, slander, swearing, racist remarks, coarse joking, obscenities, sexual innuendos, just to name a few. Now, here's the thing. If I did any of those things at home, I wouldn't have been able to sit down for a week, if you know what I mean. But I watched as grown Christian men did this on a regular basis in the church building before and after worship services. So you can imagine what I saw and overheard outside the walls of the church building at people's homes, hunting cabins, and church camps where there was a lot of free time. Now, I don't mean to bash these men of my childhood church. I'm just telling you what I witnessed, because I think that that's what people are referring to when they say they want nothing to do with Christianity because the church is full of hypocrites. So from that standpoint, I agree with them and their complaint. I don't want anything to do with the do as I say, not as I do people. But the problem is, I'm unfortunately that guy. I'm the man 
of my childhood church. I'm a hypocrite. And so are you. So are they. And if we're all honest with ourselves, we're all hypocrites in some way, shape, or form, Christian or not. And in this befuddling comparison game, we all try to justify how our secret hypocrisy is less detrimental than how the other guy is displaying his. In our culture today, we are so good at pointing out other people's faults. Social media has made it extremely easy and acceptable to slander people, to gossip about people that we don't even know. It's become so ingrained in our pop culture that people no longer realize anymore how hypocritical they are with their keyboards. Now, Jesus didn't have social media, but he did confront hypocrisy through the media of his day. He did it in his most famous Sermon on the Mount, recorded in Matthew 7, where it says this, Do not judge others, and you will not be judged, for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? You hypocrite! First get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. See, Jesus' point here is that we all have telephone poles in our eyes. We're all hypocrites. We're all sinners. We all live with this giant hypocritical sin issues in our lives while walking around judging other people's sin issues like we don't have any. And I love how Jesus confronts this complaint of Christian hypocrisy and levels the playing field here. Here's the point. Hypocrisy is not just a Christian issue. Hypocrisy is a human issue. It's a sin issue. It's a natural tendency within all of us, Christian or not. And in this passage, Jesus taught that the buzzsaw of hypocritical judgment cuts both ways. When you and I choose to judge others, we automatically condemn ourselves as well. And if we're not willing to evaluate ourselves honestly... We will undermine any right to scrutinize the lives of others. Jesus said, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. Basically, Jesus said that we have to be extremely careful. If we're going to start calling out the sin and hypocrisy of others, if we're not willing to have them call out the sin and hypocrisy in us in return, the standard you judge by is the standard you'll be judged in return. So does this mean that we're not supposed to judge anyone? Well, maybe the better question is this. Do you want to have a reputation of being a judgmental hypocrite, holding people to a higher standard than you even hold yourself? See, from this passage, I don't think Jesus has an issue with people judging each other. I think Jesus has a major problem with hypocritical judgment. I think Jesus takes massive issue with people who call out the sin in others while refusing to see and confess the sin in their own lives. A perfect example of this is recorded in John 8. 
where it says, As Jesus was speaking, the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. And they put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. And the law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? See, they were trying to trap him into saying something that they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. And they kept demanding an answer. So he stood up and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. And then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. And when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. See, in this passage, the hypocritical Pharisees dragged this woman before Jesus, expecting him to judge her alone, but Jesus ended up judging them all. After all, she wasn't having sex by herself, was she? Where's the guy? Why isn't he there with her? See what Jesus did? He flipped their standard back onto them. Through this real-life example and going back now to what Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount, was Jesus saying that you and I cannot judge? No, that's not what he's saying. See, Jesus taught against a specific kind of judging. The type of judging he spoke against was the blind, ignorant, hypocritical, self-righteous judging that overlooks your own faults, failures, and sins, and only sees the faults, failures, and sins in other people. The issue that Jesus is going after was the pride that was in a person's heart, which made it easy for them to see other people's faults, but being blinded to their own. And notice what Jesus called them. Hypocrites. What exactly is a hypocrite? A hypocrite is someone who pretends to be something that they are not. In the first century, plays would often have only one or two actors who would use different masks to play different roles. They would switch their mask to play a different character. So Jesus, being the master teacher, used this as a familiar cultural illustration to address people who wear a mask of religious piety over their heart that was judgmental critical, and self-righteous towards others. See, Jesus wasn't telling people not to judge. He was telling people not to be a hypocrite when they judged, not to be on some religious stage, acting, pretending to be someone that they are not. How do I know this? Because throughout the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus had been speaking to a crowd about what true righteousness really looks like. He'd been talking about issues of the heart and what makes a person right before God. This is the importance of knowing the context of Jesus' teaching. As my seminary professor said, context is king. And you and I both know people who rip this verse out of context and use it to mean that nobody ever has the right to judge other people. People use this misinterpreted verse to justify their sinful behavior. Judge not, lest you be judged. Unfortunately, I remember a very confrontational conversation that I had with an engaged woman who asked me to perform her wedding ceremony. 
Now, the moral and ethical dilemma I faced was that I was aware of some major unresolved and unconfessed sin issues on the part of the woman that her fiancé did not even know. And I believed that if she did not tell him, and they moved forward with the wedding, that eventually this sin issue would lead to destroying their marriage. So I refused to do the wedding. And I tried to gently confront the woman with what I knew. And she ended up screaming at me, how dare you judge me? The Bible says you cannot judge me. And you call yourself a pastor, a man of God. So yes, I judged her. I judged this woman's sinful behavior. But according to what Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount, was I wrong for doing so? Now, a couple days later, I was then confronted by her fiance and he asked me why I wouldn't do the wedding. Now, it wasn't my place to tell him what I knew, but I told him that I had some major red flags about their relationship, and I suggested that they delay their timeline. And he left my office very angry, thinking that I was an arrogant jerk for not doing their wedding. See, my judgment of her unconfessed sin led me to not perform their ceremony and severed my relationship with both of them, and they left the church. So let me ask you this. What would you have done? Would you have handled it differently? Because to be really honest with you, I questioned for a long time if I did the right thing. Did I make the right judgment call? But that question was answered a couple years after their wedding when the man came up to me after a service in tears. And he told me that they were now divorced and that he wished he would have listened to my warning and to the warning of others who were saying the same thing because they cared about him, and my heart broke for him. So according to this passage, Jesus did not say that we should never judge. No, he he was taking issue against a particular kind of wrong judgment, people having a critical, condemning, self-righteous attitude toward other people. That pompous posture of looking down from a stage onto others because you've got it all together, and they don't. See, I think that when people say they don't want anything to do with judgmental hypocrisy of Christianity, Jesus would agree with them. Jesus made it clear that there are wrong ways to judge people. Here's just a few of them. Superficial judgment is wrong. Passing judgment on someone based solely on outward appearance is wrong. See John 7, 24. A Pharisee named Simon passed judgment on a woman based on her appearance and reputation, but he never even considered that the woman had been forgiven by God. And Jesus rebuked him for his unrighteous judgment. Look at Luke 7, 36 through 50. Another one is this, self-righteous judgment is wrong. See, as followers of Jesus, we are called to humility. And we know that God opposes the proud, James 4, 6. The Pharisee, in Jesus' parable of the praying Pharisee and the praying tax collector, this Pharisee was confident in his own righteousness, and from that proud position, he prayerfully judged everyone else. But what we learn here is that God judged his heart and refused to justify the Pharisee's sin. Luke 18, 9-14. The last one is this, harsh and unforgiving judgment is wrong. See, we are always to be gentle toward everyone, according to Titus 3.2. 
Jesus taught that it was merciful who will be shown mercy in Matthew 5, 7. And as Jesus warned in the passage that we're studying today, in the same way that you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you, Matthew 7, 2. See, according to Jesus, there are wrong ways to judge. But in the same way that Jesus taught there was wrong ways to judge, he also gave us a right way to judge in this passage. He taught us to cut the telephone pole out of our eye first and then help remove the sawdust in our friend's eyes. This means that as followers of Jesus, we are called to help other Christians who become entangled in sin. The Apostle Paul said it like this, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. Galatians 6.1 But before we can help a fellow brother or sister onto the right path, before we can remove that splinter from their eye, Jesus is saying and modeling that we must first deal honestly with our own telephone pole of sin. So going back to my childhood church foyer, some guy should have been man enough to gently call out the hypocritical behavior that I witnessed as a kid. Not because any guy was any better than anybody else, but because that type of sinful behavior is not the standard for a follower of Christ. See, as Christian brothers, we should hold each other accountable to the standard that Jesus sets for us. Accountable to the standard. Maybe that's a better way to say it. That's what judges are supposed to do, right? They hold us accountable to the standard set by the law. Whenever that standard is not met or fallen short of, a judge holds us accountable. And if you choose to break the speed limit, a police officer has the right and authority to write you a ticket which forces you to pay a fine. The standard held up by that police officer holds you accountable for your actions. So, When you and I see someone falling short of the standard that Jesus has set for his followers, we should gently and humbly and in relationship call it out and call them up into who they should be in Christ. For instance, we shouldn't let gossip run rampant out of a Christian's mouth. We should stop it. We shouldn't let someone make racist remarks in our presence. We should end it. We shouldn't let someone slander another person. We should call it out. See, call the sin out and then call them up into the Jesus standard. See, friends, that's not Christian hypocrisy. That's not pious judgmentalism. That is properly judging behavior according to Jesus' standard and holding a Christian brother or sister accountable to that standard that I also hold myself accountable to as well. However, where I think we get into big trouble as people of Jesus' church is when we try to hold people who are not part of the church accountable to something that they never agreed to be held accountable to in the first place. Friends, that is not our job. That is God's job. Dear Christian, please hear me. Our job is to love God and to love that person. Our job is not to hold accountable those who are not a part of the family of God. That would be like me trying to hold someone else's kid accountable to my family rules at their dinner table. 
See, if a person has never submitted their life to Jesus and made him the Lord, the leader of their life, Christians, you and I don't have the family right to hold them accountable to the standard of following Jesus. Now, hold up before you, you know, like turn this off. Does that mean that I don't model Jesus' way in front of them? No. Does that mean I don't lovingly share the truth of God's word in that situation? No. Does that mean that I then cross the line of sin with them to win them over? No. I gently and lovingly say I cannot participate in that because that's not what God wants for me. And then I flee from that temptation. See, friends, that's not judgmental hypocrisy. That's proper judgment. That's loving judgment for you and them. That's standing up for how Jesus said we should live, but we don't have to be jerks about it with those who do not follow Jesus. Why? Because nobody likes a judgmental jerk. See, I don't believe most people have an issue with Christians who follow Jesus' standard. However, I do believe that people have an issue with the hypocritical and judgmental jerks who yell at them in their homes, at school, and on their social media platforms. I think that most people realize that we're all hypocrites in some way, shape, or form. But the issue is when you pretend that you're not one of them while preaching that they are. See, if we learn anything from these passages today, it's this. The real Jesus called out hypocritical judgmentalism. And he called us up into a better way of living with and loving our friends. Before you go, if you've been with me on this journey of false Jesus, you know that I often say that you shouldn't take my word for it because you should always take God's word for it. You should always test what I say according to the Bible. Why? Because the honest truth is, is I struggle with being a hypocrite, just like you. But Jesus was not He perfectly lived what he preached 100% of the time. He's the standard. And while I want to live my life to honor him, I still fall short. Just ask my wife and my daughters. See, no Christian is going to get this right 100% of the time. No pastor, no youth group leader, no parent, no one. But maybe you've been hurt by someone in the church. Maybe a pastor used you or your family. Maybe a Christian friend gossiped about you and the rumors wounded you. Maybe someone's hypocrisy led you to deconstruct your Christian faith and you left the church. I just want you to know I get it. And I'm sorry. This is why my goal with False Jesus is to keep bringing us back to the life and the words of Jesus alone. Unfortunately, because we're all hypocrites, Our behavior has marred an accurate image of who Jesus is and what he's all about. So my encouragement to all of us who've been hurt by hypocrisy and pious judgmentalism is to keep our eyes on the real Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible.
Now, in every one of these False Jesus episodes, you know that I like to include a creative piece, either something that I've written, poetry, poems, you know, things like this, or maybe somebody else has written something that I really find admirable, so I share it with you. So I wanted to share this particular piece with you today called Damaging Christianity, and I just need to give you a heads up. I wrote this the day after my brother died from COVID. And it was brutal day, you know, a lot going on in my head that day. But I think it pertains to what it is that we've been talking about in this episode, The Hypocritical Judge, right? So I wanted to share this with you. It's called Damaging Christianity by Kent Chevalier. I don't want to be a Christian or a pastor right now. Now hear me out before you give me that scowl. I've not lost my faith in Jesus, but I did just lose my brother. And I'm feeling very smothered. There's this unspoken self-inflicted pressure I feel. And you know I've always tried my best to keep it real. So I might as well go public now that I'm in the fire. With this stranger named Grief, I can sense the danger. Of the unknown inside of me that will somehow leak out. These complex hidden enemies that will try to sneak out. This is not about perfection or image management. I could not care less of what you think about Kent. Okay, I'm a liar, I do. But honestly, here's my heart. I'm a steward of Jesus' name and reputation, not mine. I'll have to prove that to myself and to you over time. I'm a grace-saved sinner, and you know that I'm not perfect. I've never made a claim that even comes close to that. But I do worry over the next few weeks and days that what's squeezed out of me in grief could do damage in ways I can't even know or even protect you or myself from, triggered by emotions that are leaving me numb. All I want to do is enhance God's reputation in your eyes, to have you experience what I have with mine. It's not my burden to carry, I fully understand, but that's the secret pressure I put myself under. When I gave my life to Jesus, I surrendered, not wanting to damage authentic Christianity to say and do all the right things to make you believe me. But I have to start releasing the pressure I must. Leave it all up to God, it's in Him that I trust. Please trust in him too. I'll never stop preaching that you should, even in the midst of tragedy. Know my God is good. Now, if you've been with me on the False Jesus journey, you know that in every one of these podcast episodes, man, I love to introduce you to incredible organizations, to ministries that are doing some incredible kingdom building work. And so I want to introduce you today to the Mission Co. Based here in Pittsburgh, the Mission Co., their vision is to initiate a resurgence of community within culture. They want to provide life-changing resources to people and communities locally, nationally, and globally. The Mission Co. is the bridge between generous partners and communities who have tangible needs. And after years of working with the nonprofits, the founders, Mike and Ari, noticed that there was a missing link between resources and those in need of those resources. And this observation soon became a burden and the reason why the Mission Co. exists today. The main goal is to serve as that missing link to connect suppliers to communities in need. 
There's so many people who have generous hearts and want to make a difference in communities here in Pittsburgh and around the world, but knowing how to do so is sometimes difficult. So the Mission Co's goal is to span that gap from generous partners to real people with real needs, both locally and globally. And what I really love about the Mission Co is that they partner with local pastors who know the needs of their communities. They aren't concerned about their name or their brand getting out there, but they supply the pastors with the resources to serve the tangible needs of their church and their community. So if you're interested in getting connected to the Mission Co, then visit their website at the missionco.org. That's themissionco.org for more information. Well, all right, everybody, that's all I have for you today on this episode of the False Jesus Podcast. As always, thank you for joining me. And if you think that this episode might help somebody, man, feel free to forward that to them. Please do that. And if you are a Christian who is listening to this False Jesus Podcast today, if you're a follower of Jesus, here's what I want to leave you with today. What is one thing that God has revealed to you today? through this False Jesus podcast. And then I would ask this question, what are you going to do about it? This is how we go from just taking in information like this and then actually watching God transform our lives as we obey the thing that he revealed to us. So man, if that's you and something hits you today, what are you going to do about it? Think about it, everybody. Thanks for being with me today on the False Jesus podcast. We'll see you next time.